with the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever in the world you are today. So today is Tuesday, March 21st. Uh, Bitcoin has broken 28,000. Um, and so while I don't think anyone <clears throat> can right now say that the bear is over and here comes the bull, we are seeing a very healthy uh, cryptocurrency market um, and Web3 market compared to, <laughs> to traditional stocks, which are, are currently um, you know, still struggling after the, the bank crises last week. Um, there's a lot of turmoil you know, at, uh, still occurring. And so while we're recording this, I always like to give some context um, that this is a builder's market uh, right now, that we are all you know, going towards the future, towards the next bull, towards the next adoption cycle. Um, and I'm really excited today to have Ariano from uh, Oru um, and also Jessica with me today, who is a dual board member. She is a Y Whales and an Oru uh, board member. So she gets to serve a little bit of uh, uh, both sides of these and see the behind the scenes. And, and really thankful, Jessica, for you to, to uh, bring Ariano with us today, because I'm excited to talk about this topic, which is near and dear to my heart which is, you know, digital identities and, and really that certification um, and verification uh, level online. But, um, you know, kind of before we get to what we're here to talk about today, um, Ariano, I'd love to kind of get into your background. You have a very storied, uh, you know, uh, uh, career uh, from your from looks of it on LinkedIn. And we'd love to just kind of start with, you know, how did you get here today? And, you know, what was your 10,000 hours in? Yeah, okay. Thank you. Give for remind me here. Okay, so I I have been uh, I, I was been uh, studying a lot really around technology uh, always since uh, I was uh, maybe I was ten years old. Uh, I uh, I created uh, some companies uh, when I was twenty twenty two. So yeah, always joining my my career with the telecommunications with. Uh, programming and these kind of things. Um, and I tried uh, to, to get always uh, something better in terms of how we can use a complex product, but very easily for the final user. So this is this is my main goal uh, with the idea of, okay, uh, this is very, very difficult to use. In the case of cryptocurrencies, for instance, you have to install a wallet, you have to know a lot of different things for using. But we use, in this case, we decided to create something that mm, runs with blockchain, but you don't know to know anything about blockchain for use it. Okay, this is the the, the main goal yeah, around uh, auto creation. So with this, we create uh, our own blockchain network, but it's totally transparent for the cloud. Okay, so this is the, the the main idea. With this, we are more focused in, in digital identity, in certification of the data, traceability, and these kind of things always assuring that you, we are GDPR compliance, that we pr uh, protect the privacy of the users and all this uh, uh, personal uh, confidential information. Okay, So this is very, very important uh, for us. So it's uh, this is the, 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 the key point for me. In, in addition to that, I have been working in several uh, times creating websites and apps 
and this kind of more traditional uh, developments. Uh, okay, but uh, in this in this case, we try to be always in the in the first step in, in terms of uh, the level of quality uh, around blockchain, and I think that we are uh, currently have uh, one at least one of the most important products around uh, around the world. So happy to be here. No, thank you so thank you so much for the time. Um, so you know when when we're, when you're kind of talking about the you know bringing these identities and, and securities on chain, um, you know there's a lot of people that just believe hey it's a piece of code just put it up on code decentralize it you know let let everyone else figure it out and and that's not really um, your, your thesis and and you've been in the space since since 2015 so you you've been fighting this battle for quite a bit about the difference between you know actual verification and theoretical verification um, if you you know zk rollups are, are are great they're fabulous. But if you can't verify the data that went into the rollup, then what do what do we have? Yeah. So, so can you talk us through a little bit of, of that you know validation and verification process that, that you guys do and how it's used uh, by your clients? Yes, as, as you mentioned, we have been working for maybe eight years around digital identity now in the blockchain. So when I started working with the blockchain, most of all the people didn't know anything about blockchain. So now all of them know something about Bitcoin, some of them uh, mix uh, in some way <laughs> or misunderstood what is blockchain and what is cryptocurrencies, okay? And we use, in this case, we use uh, the, the blockchain for a different use. So one of the uh, key points for us is we never store uh, personal data into the blockchain, okay? This is one, one point. Another important point is we use what we call uh, its uh, universal uh, name, it's self-sovereign identity. So the, the user is who uh, keeps and maintains uh, and storage all the data in, on device, okay? So you, in your mobile phone, you have all the data and you only share the data when you want and with the company that you want. But in this case, thanks to, uh, to blockchain, we certify each time that you want to use and you want to allow uh, or accept the use of your data. So you can decline the use of your data after and you have a certificate that it's immutable and you cannot uh, manipulate in any way. So you can certify. At that moment uh, in the past, I decided to share my data with this company, but one month later, I decided not to continue with this. So in this case, we are um, very uh, uh, used to work with uh, big companies that use your data, but they, now they are more compliant with the GDPR. Uh, although some of the people, is, uh, as you mentioned, are talking, okay, this is not GDPR compliant because you are using a blockchain, everything is public. No. In this case, the only thing that we are uh, um, storage or safe in the blockchain is a small traceability that it's anonymous totally, but it's joined in some way with the information that you are keeping. Okay, so this is the the, the key point. On the uh, in the third point, and we we have worked uh, hard for getting the uh, real information of the user. So because one of the problems that I am seeing now with the, the uh, it's time that we are using uh, digital world. It's okay now. A lot of people are talking about metaverse. But in the metaverse, uh, I am now uh, Ariana Orlando, but in the metaverse, I, I, I could be uh, whatever. In fact, I can, I can say no, I am Jessica. 
but uh, in in this case, you have to uh, to be sure how is the process for creating this digital identity. How confident uh, are you in the in the information that you are sharing, and how you can compare this information with the real world? So in this case, we are we have created a full onboarding process where you can say, okay, this is your data. You have to uh, uh, take a picture of your ID. We start compared with different neuronal networks that this is real, this is not modified with Photoshop on these kind of things or tools. And, uh, and we detect all of this thanks to artificial intelligence. If you have modified anything in the, in the document, but also much better and more much secure if you use a passport. We extract all the information from your passport without any picture. So the only thing that we are extracting all the information thanks to NFC, and we take out all the credentials and the digital signatures that are inside your passport before sharing the data with your phone. We verify that the issue of this passport has been a government and is uh, public in a white list, so we can review uh, all this information in real time. So this is fantastic because in only two seconds, we can verify that this is passport is real, is yours, and this uh, was created by uh, Canada government, for instance, okay? So we certify all this information, we study, and in, as I mentioned, in two seconds, and in only one second more, we verified that you are in front of your camera, that you are real, that you are not a 3D model or something like this, and you are the same that uh, is in the past. Okay? Mm. With this, we can create, in this case, this digital identity for different uses. So the one use could be, okay, I, can, I, I want to log in with Google, uh, but I, I want to log in with my face in any place. So this is something that we can provide. Uh, now we have we are working in several uh, with several clients in different airports uh, worldwide. So in this case, you can go to the airport and you don't need to take out uh, and show your passport or your ID because only with your face you can go for all the airport, even uh, till uh, getting the access to the uh, to the uh, airplane. So. It's very, very exciting and terrifying, all in, all in the same the same moment. So that and that's fabulous, Ariano. Jessica, just you know, real quick, jumping over to you. Um, you know, you, again, you, you you sit on both boards, so you understand you know why whales mission on you know global you know uh, proper adoption of Web three technologies for for entre- for enterprise level uh, clients and and really um, what you're also on another board um, that that's helping to bring that to fruition. So I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts because one of the the greatest promises of Web three is is this ownership of your your digital identity, the ownership of your ID. Because right now um, people can say, oh, what do you mean? Of course I own it. I can log into Facebook and that's all my stuff. I can log into Twitter and there's all my stuff. And the reality is you don't own any of those. Um, they can turn you off. They can they can shut it down and, and they can make changes to it as, as based to however they want. So the idea is, um, I'd love to hear you kind of expand on, on how you see this, this roadmap occurring because we talk about it every single week uh, on Why Whales and Fireside. And, and I love that you've got you know this purview insight into both, uh, both sides of the coin here. Well, they say that if you are called a user, you, you are the product. Versus if you're a customer, then then you're a customer of the product. And there's only two industries that call their customers users. 
right? (laughs) So um, I think that's, uh, I I think that says it all right there in terms of your ownership of your data. And uh, as you know, as we've discussed at length, I'm very bullish on really the underlying technologies, what the the use cases for these Web3 technologies that are going to help transition businesses from Web2 to Web3. And that's why I'm so excited about Oro. I'm an investor as well as a board member. And I, I love what they're doing and providing a, a very functional use case for some of these new frontier technologies in, in terms of making your life easier, making your trip through the airport easier, making your visit to a football game or to a concert easier and that that core idea that the digital identity the ticketing to me the the functionality of non-fungible tokens beyond curation of you know creator and, and artwork and some other pieces that real functional piece of what you can actually use these nfts and how you can leverage them to me that's one of the most exciting categories uh, in frontier technology today and Ariano, I, I, you, you were talking a little bit about the blockchain and how we're saving information, but I'd love for you to touch just a bit on it, how you thought to leverage these non-fungible tokens in a unique way and how what what is the difference between what most people think of when they hear NFTs and how Oro is applying them? Yes, uh, thanks, uh, Jessica. Yes, I think that the, the, the main difference is that we don't see the NFTs are something that you can, where you want to to earn money. So most of the people are are thinking always in NFTs is in something that I can buy and I can sell and I can earn money and, and that's it. Okay. So in this case, I think that the main difference is that we apply these NFTs to a real use cases, thinking always in the final user. So now, uh, for instance, one of the most important uses or with NFTs that we are uh, making uh, quickly really is the ticketing area when we provide different uh, advantages pre-event, in-event and post-event. So that the idea is for instance that you uh, start again collecting tickets. So we have lost the now uh, all of us are not collecting tickets because you have uh, an ugly PDF that is something that is, is not beautiful to collect. It's something that you don't want to have in, in, in a folder. But in the past, when I when I was 20, I, I, I would like to go, uh, to, to go on a concert and to say, okay, this is my beautiful ticket. I want to collect this. And, and, and now we are trying from, uh, from Oro, we are trying to, to get this back with the idea, okay, I want to collect my ticket because I have now the ticket, it's an NFT that I can, uh, where I have a lot of information associated with after the event. So for instance, if I go to a, a football match, I can I can have associated with some statistics around the match, some uh, uh, video summary of the match, and all this information is associated with your ticket. So you are going to have this two years uh, later, and you can uh, say, okay, I have forgotten what uh, that, that much, but I can enter, I can review, and I can uh, watch this again, okay? So this is the kind of things that we are providing associated with NFTs. But I think that the important, the, the important thing here 
is the use case mode if this is a fungible token, non-fungible token, or a smart token. So it's it's not it's not the matter what is uh, what is the the name of this because we are used to uh, use a lot of different apps that we don't know how uh, they works internally. So this is the the, the key point for me. Jay, do you, you remember know, the I, last time you saved a concert ticket? What concert was it? <laughs> so oh, for me, yeah, I, whatever, whatever's what it, my the, the Apple whatever gives into my Apple wallet. That's probably the last thing. I've got a whole bunch of flights too. I know, <laughs> but do you remember of. saving one? It's a great point, right? I that that's been years for me, and I don't have any that I have sitting around that I've saved. But I that. That is a big thing and a big nostalgia piece that I think we've lost beyond just the functionality of, you know, using it to attend, you know, match with your digital identity. I, I like the, the idea of being able to save the nostalgia. Yes, the, the idea I think that it's, uh, it's to join the, the, um, the sensations with the technology. So the idea is not to only think, okay, this is technology, technology, and technology. You know, in, in most of the cases, what we want to, to do is to join the personality of the people with the technology for getting something bigger and better. So we, we can talk about, okay, of course, the, the board part, okay, that it's uh, the security around the process, the traceability of the owner of the ticket. Uh, at any moment, you can know who is the owner, at what moment uh, he bought the ticket. You can also have uh, a total control about the secondary market, avoiding the fraud, avoiding the people that is trying to get uh, some advantage in a queue. So all these things uh, are controlled now with uh, with our solution. But the most beautiful part is for the the user. So for for the the the, um, the fan that is going to enjoy of a concert of a, any kind of, of event. And in, in this case, you can give them promotions uh, first. Uh, uh, first uh, views of uh, of new things about the artist and these kind of things can be associated all in only one NFT that it's going to be a, a new smart ticket really you know the the technology is is so rapidly evolving and you know having you know with you having launched you know right in 2015 which is I'm assume right around the time that ethereum was coming online you know it, it's been and I'm sure you've had a, a crazy roller coaster of trying to to talk through over the years of you know why you need a verifiable identity um, when majority of the industry and the asset class for a long time was all about anonymous and and decentralized and and you know uh, you know permissionless trust um, which are things that in, in an enterprise don't don't go anywhere um, you know so it, it, you know if you have a DAO that's you know hey we're gonna we're gonna talk about cool things and, and you know do charitable things great no big deal there's, there's nothing there but when you start talking about enterprises and that's a lot of what you guys you know focus in on is you know you have RU access RU admits uh, identity comply um, <laughs> these are not traditional web web 3 or, or blockchain things so you are very much you know going after that enterprise client which which I entirely endorse and, and applaud um, you know with with technology that is far beyond what current ERPs you know web 1 and web 2 ERPs can do today how have you seen um, success uh, with, with some of your early adoptions? You're, I shouldn't say early, you've been doing this eight years, but what are some of the, the, the use cases that you've just seen you know, rapid uptick um, and expansion on and with a few clients? 
Okay, I think that the 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 most the, the most important product that we currently have is uh, around digital identity management. So in in this case, all the people understand perfectly what is the intention of the product, what are the advantages around the product, and also what will be the different uses in the future about the product. Because if we go to the metaverse, if we go with uh, artificial intelligence, if we go to um, gaming. So now th there is a, a problem, for instance, around gaming, because you are playing in, in, in Fortnite, you are playing uh, in a game with uh, against another people that you don't know exactly if you are talking with a person that is eight years old or 50 years old. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a real problem. So digital identity is something that is going to solve a lot of problems in the future, so now we are uh, we are realizing, or, or the people are realizing about uh, all these uh, concerns because uh, you you need to know who is in the other side of the screen or who is in the, in the other side of the game, uh, because there are a lot of people that is thinking in how to uh, look for some uh, tricky problems uh, around this. So in this case, this is something that we can solve easily, and uh, and, and of course, you don't need to know again. You don't need to know anything about college, about uh, credentials, about anything uh, that you are not used to work with. Okay. Yeah. So this and, is and, and biometrics. You know, and biometrics is is so much more secure than than passwords and signatures, um, because you can you can drill into so many details. You can do you know some some very light stuff, just facial recognition, all the way down to the iris scanning, um, and that's you know that gets you through the airport with Clear. Um, you know, Clear is going to do a very in depth uh, version of this just to get you on an airplane, and you know, so I, I think if if the TSA and, and Homeland Security are okay with that level of, of authentication, you know, that really should be showcasing where we need to be going in the future. Future. Jessica, you spend a lot of time, you know, on this. You know, what what's your thoughts around you know suddenly passwords um, being uh, eliminated? You know, not eliminated, but you know, kind of taking a back seat towards true biometrics um, and allowing something like these secure IDs to be you know pro prolific um, in around our digital lifestyles. It's one of the great problems to solve, right? And one of the great problems to solve in terms of boarding an airplane. My daughter was asking me, my sixteen year old, about this company and she had the opportunity to, to have dinner with the CEO, Gary, recently. And she said, but what about, what if I just need to save the screenshot? And he was explaining, well, that's not actually secure to use a screenshot to go through the airport. You really should have some form of identification. And for me, we're talking about clear, I'm a rock climber. And until the pandemic happened and they switched to primarily eyes, my fingertips don't scan a lot of the time because there's too many variations and differences from putting them on, on the rock. And yeah. so I love this idea of facial recognition, of digital identity, of functional NFTs. And I love the idea of not... And there, it does get a bit big brother. I'm not, I don't want to say that it doesn't because there is a little bit of, okay, how easy is it to, to shut me off or to prevent me going from one country to another? However, like many things in our lives, I believe that we will trade 
convenience for some privacy uh, in this case. And the convenience of being able to go where you want to go with less friction, get out of the airport faster. And realistically, most of my experiences that have been negative have been being pulled aside for no good reason or because they thought I was someone else and digital identity certainly would have resolved most of that. What do you yeah, think about and, it? And it, well, a quick experience I had, and I think it's, it, it showcases the efficiency of it is uh, I just came back into the country from, from, uh, I was, I was down in, in South America ish. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm waiting through the line for us customs. I'm, I'm a citizen and I've got my passport in hand. They call me up. I, I, you know, the guy looks at me and, and goes, hi Jay. How was your trip? And I, I, I didn't hand him anything. I had not. I had passport still in my hand. I said it was great. He goes, okay, have a nice day. And I, I said, is that it? He goes, oh yeah. The cameras saw the cameras when I went into the room, started mm-hmm. scanning all of the people offloading to the plane. They had the they had they they knew who was on the plane. They were able to do the facial recognition scan. I asked somebody later how all this works. And then when I came to the booth, it said, this is this is Jay. Here's everything. They already knew where I was, what I was doing, everything else. And I kept walking and it was the, 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 let's take the, the positive side of this. It was a great experience of which, um, I, I did not have global entry at the time. It just, it expired during the pandemic and I never renewed it. And I'm watching the, the global entry people were going slower than, than the other lines. So I think there's absolutely, you know, some really great use cases, but I think that again, it always comes with the tale of caution, um, that, that errors happen and, when we talk about you know digital IDs, that's a that's a digital ID that is owned not by me. That's a digital ID that is owned by the government, um, and that's the file that they keep on me. I have no access to that. I can't request it. I probably could, but it, you know whether they give it to me or not. And so the thought that is you know hey I want to have my own one of those. So when I log into a website with with a camera or anything else, I think really showcases the power of not just the security of things. If if the government's willing to do that to let me into the country, um, that should be more than sufficient for for Facebook or Twitter. Passwords, um, and of which are much better than the random jibble jarble uh, that we use today. Sure, absolutely. So I totally, totally agree that because of that we created these tools. And in addition to to, to the technology that you are mentioning in the, in the airport, also we are providing a more secure process with the idea of okay, now you you um, you are entering there, yes. But you are going to have a notification in your mobile phone where you know exactly and you and we can certify that you are passing through this step in uh, at the airport and you can know exactly all the information that is shared, how it's shared, and you can decide not to continue or you uh, sharing all, all of this. So the idea is that you are going to be totally, totally proprietary of the of your data. This is a, a key point too. That's awesome. Um, so when, when we're really thinking about, you know, where, how do you bring this into enterprises and, you know, there's the concept like, Hey, I'm walking into, um, you know, I'm walking into the airport and they, they know who I am and they're able to get me on a plane. But that same, that same quality of, of efficiency for plants that, that have thousands of employees that are, that are moving through the, that building at various times. I mean, so this could be implemented, you know, with, does it need special cameras or can you use standard security cameras? No, it's, uh, in most of the cases you can use a, a tablet or a mobile device. So it's, it's going to be very easy in terms of the hardware. The only point that maybe requires more or something more complex is in the e-gates, that is the final access to the to the airplane. 
So in this case, usually if you don't want to be managed by in uh, by a person, this uh, has to be some uh, intelligence. So you have to open the door automatically and these things. But in the rest of the areas, only with a tablet is good enough. So for instance, now uh, or, or, I can say this because we have uh, this is uh, free to tell. So our our best client that is Air Canada currently you can access to VIP lunch with your face, for instance. So this is not only for uh, a specific uh, and a specific area in the airport. It's not that you can go to the different places uh, at the airport without uh, any trouble. Yeah, so I, I think my gym we- would love to have that to, to instead of me scanning my little badge every time mm-hmm. I come in, just walk in and it recognizes who I am. So I'm sorry, Jessica, I cut you off. Certainly. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I'm curious for you to talk a little bit about your error rate and your your process when there is an error. For instance, my husband pretends that he's not allergic to shrimp, but occasionally when he eats them, one or both of his eyes swell completely shut. <laughs> so talk to me about the, the detail of how that uh, camera technology interacts with the digital ID and the error potential. Okay, so in, in, in this in, in this case, it's uh, it's very very funny how it works internally. So now the the biometrics comparison it's on real time, something that ten years ago was uh, was uh, something that impossible. And but now it's only uh, in one second. It's all the, the the time that you need for creating some vectors around your face, around your iris, your uh, your your uh, shape. Uh, of everything, and we can compare this data that is not a picture, it's a, 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 some vectors about your face on real time with whatever uh, picture that you have uh, in the past. So even some some people is asking, okay, what happens if I um, if I get uh, get fat and, I, and suddenly I get 20 kilograms uh, more? So there is no problem. So the the system is learning. The system uh, knows how you can modify in some way your uh, your face. The only the only problem will be if you really have a have a injury and uh, you have modified your face. Okay, but this is uh, this is only the uh, something that uh, you have to know that uh, currently the accuracy of the system in terms of uh, biometrics verification, it's much more secure than 20 people looking at you. So if you have 20 people in front of you saying, okay, this is the guy or not, this is, uh, and you have this solution, it's much better to have uh, the biometric recognition than uh, 20 people. So suddenly in the, at the airport in the past, you only have someone that it's, uh, that it's seeing, okay, I have a huge queue after so I'm going to review this in two seconds. Okay, are you? We continue. And so now the process is more, more, more secure than than before. But it's uh, something in some way, in some ways, uh, a little crazy. It, it, so talk to me about how this integrates into existing, you know, CRMs, ERPs, and, and other systems. Is this API based or is it a, a full fledged uh, yes. you know, white label solution? All the uh, very interesting question, and all, all the uh, products that we manage are always uh, with APIs. So we can, we in some in some cases, 
we provide a, a, a white label app or a white label website or platform. But for for big companies, they are used to integrate uh, our systems with an API. This is very easy, and in some cases, it's very of course, it's very well uh, documented. So it's uh, maybe three four days of integration, and you have uh, everything up and running. So the time to market in our product is something that, that it's also very important because we can say that all our products are very well tested are uh, totally uh, scalable. So you can install in your system without modifying anything, only adding this new feature very easily and usually in one week, two weeks. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that that would be to, in, in less than two weeks to implement a blockchain-based you know, um, AI facial scanning recognition is, is lightning speed. So... Um, and when you talk about you know the blockchain and, and you're really great about saying like it's invisible, don't worry about it, it's just there. Um, if people want to to you know analyze that more or start to understand, you know, is there there is there a lot there because you're storing most of the data in a Web two solution? Okay, yes, uh, there uh, we have different options. Okay, so we we can say that we are agnostics uh, in terms of uh, the blockchain. We can connect our solutions to different blockchain networks. Although the, uh, the, depending on the use case, we decide and we. Uh, advise the client to okay what is the best choice for you and what is the best alternative okay because depending on the on the use we also have created some specific networks for the specific uses okay so mm-hmm. now for instance we are working in uh, financial services and there in some case we have created a specific blockchain for this specific use uh, although we have uh, our own blockchain that has been working for six, seven years now, so it's uh, we have nodes in five continents. So this is totally it's compliant with the certifications, and so it's it's very good. But in some cases, we also work with uh, public networks too. But it's not the same. If you are saying no, I want to uh, manage digital identity of passengers, that if you want to uh, to sell an NFT in a public market. Okay, of course, uh, our system could be connected to, to both of them, but uh, the customer can decide what is the network to connect with, only changing a parameter in the API. So <laughs> it's very simple for for, the, for them, and uh, this is the, the hard work that we have done in the past for getting this uh, solved very, very easy. Oh, I love that. Ariana, so, you know, what's really amazing to me is, you know, eight years you guys have been doing this, you know, really, uh, so almost, you know, the it, parallel to the birth of Ethereum, you have been focused on this idea of digital identity, digital ownership. Um, you know, your, your chain has been up and running for, for a very long time. It's a, it sounds like it's a private chain, so it's not a permissionless chain. It's a, it's a private blockchain, and, and I love those. I think they're great, and they're very much needed for the ecosystem. Um, but, you know, a chain with identities is, is fabulous, uh, but we need things to trade. We need things uh, to get excited about and, and behind the scenes. Um, and we do know you guys do a, a bit of digitization and tokenization. Can you walk us through, you know, what you guys working on and, and how your kind of thought processes are on those? Sure. Yes. Uh, in fact, we have a, a, one of the biggest clients in LATAM. And it's mm. uh, AgroToken where we are a tokenization uh, we are at a tokenization in a process of tokenization of grains uh, with uh, soya, so these kind of things. So now you can buy from, uh, from London, you can buy, for instance, uh, one ton of soya Easily, only with your credit card, and you can uh, you can also you can sell it uh, one month later 
and you can pay uh, with a credit card uh, that is a uh, uh, Santander bank. So all of this in a, in a full process, very, very, uh, very simple for the user, but very hard in the in the background. Okay. So in, in this case, we verify that all of the comments uh, around the the grains are, are real. Okay. So it's something that we call proof of grain. So instead of the the, uh, the different proofs, so in this case, it's proof of grain. If you, if you have the proof of grain, you can convert this into tokens. And these tokens can be in a, in a marketplace where people can offer uh, and even you can decide, okay, I want to uh, put this in, in an option or I, go, I want to sell in a fixed price. So this is the kind of things that, that we are doing with tokenization. And also we are, we are working with um, CO2 carbon credits. We are uh, in an exchange where you, there are uh, some uh, important companies interested in to buy the carbon credits in other, uh, others that are trying to, to sell the, the seasonal carbon credit that they have. So there is a, a, a lot of opportunities there. And also joined with real estate. In real estate areas, we are uh, working for the, okay, I want to tokenize this building, I want to sell the NFTs. And even uh, one we are preparing, I, I, I cannot say the, the name, but uh, in this case, we are working now in a proposal for a, a football, an, an English football club, because they want to tokenize a part, uh, 10% of the ownership of the club. They want to sell these NFTs uh, for the for the fans. That is 10% of the ownership of the club. Okay, so I would like to to say the the name. I wish that in the next time that we talk, I I can share it. But uh, uh, but I think that it's a different use case and uh, joining with uh, with technology. No, I lo- I love that and. And yeah, don't break those NDAs. Those are those are absolutely you know cr- critical, uh, especially in this industry. So I lo- I love the thoughts, and I really love the theses around this, which is um, you know doing it compliantly, you know doing doing securities and, and making sure that they're done properly and appropriately, which is very different than just the technology side of things. So so very cool, and I love that being combined with the digital IDs and, and digital ownership. Um, you know, as we kind of bring this to, to a close, you know, Jessica, you you are on multiple boards and spend a lot of time in the Web three space, and and Ariano, you've You've, uh, you're an OG. Um, you, you've been around for, for quite a while. You understand the space as, as someone that's been developing in it. Um, this is the final section where I just want to hear your thoughts. You know, over the next you know one or two years, um, you know, as we kind of work towards the next bull run, where, where's your thoughts around where where this industry and asset class are going, and where should entrepreneurs, you know, like all of ourselves, you know, really be thinking about um, you know integrating. Products like uh, Aurora, um, Aurora—it's <laughs> a crazy name—and you already said it's in Spanish, so I, I'm already precluded from being able to pronounce it. You know, but how how should we look at, at certain you know certification products like this in the space? And Jessica, I'll let you go ahead and start. Sure, and I, I think most of us in North America just call it Oro, just the way it, it you know, the phonetically I try. I try. you would pronounce it. <laughs> so I'm very bullish on this space uh, from a a number of aspects. I I think that we're not going to see an end to digital identities. I think that we're going to see more and more practical applications of NFTs. And and I really, part of what I love about this company is that this company is already 
is not going after the consumer base. They're really focused on enterprise, B2B, very successfully getting that traction in a few different areas. And as we know, traction beats features all day long, <laughs> although I do think uh, that we have best-in-class features as well. But we also have you know, traction in a few very specific categories and are, and are building on that. And I also think the tokenization of commodities and carbon credits in particular is really, really interesting. In, in the U.S., commodities are not actually considered securities. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a really interesting potential avenue and and democratization in a way of commodity trading. I mean, right now it's a very specialized trading class and to be able to open that up to more and more people and especially to many people in some of these developing countries where they actually understand commodities, they understand them more than they understand, say, Apple stock. You know, they understand whether soy or corn or, or wheat might see an increase over the next couple of years. And to, to give them that ability to participate uh, in capital markets is really interesting to me. I love that concept. Uh, you know, again, it's it's diversification of investments. You know, you can, you know, people have plenty of NASDAQ, Dow and S&P stocks, but you know, how many, you know, real agriculture, um, true agriculture, I know you can buy ETFs all day long, but you know, there's, that's <laughs> many layers deep versus just, yep, I just want to buy um, bushels of, of corn. And, and I think that these are going to go up and that I love, I love, love, love that. Um, Ariano, I'm, over uh, to you, sir. Okay. I totally agree uh, with Jessica in, in this area, uh, but for giving a, a more technical uh, thought, okay? So I think that uh, the, the key is in the, in the next two years is how we are going to mix these technologies with the other ones. So now it's uh, we are advancing in how we can mix this with artificial in- intelligence, like uh, all of us know with ChatGPT or, or, or whatever. Uh, we have to mix this with the metaverse, we have to mix this with machine learning. So with the idea of, uh, of creating a digital world more secure, where you can buy with your face, where you can uh, earn uh, only with, uh, through uh, a digital platform. So, but everything has to be much more controlled by the final user. So this is the, the key point where we have to change that uh, the big, uh, the biggest companies maintain and custody all the personal data about the users, where the idea is that these users uh, have the data and uh, can get some, uh, some rewards for, for sharing the, this data. Because now the, the business is in the companies instead of in, in, the, in the final user. Yeah, no, I, 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 I really enjoy that because, you know, it's one of Whitewell's, you know, theses as well. We spend a lot of time on digital ID, digital ownership. Um, and and I, I completely agree about, you know, your concept that AI is coming. Um, I've said for a long time, blockchain is not for humans. Blockchain is, is for AI, they're for bots. And, you know, to be able to give to give AI true access. Um, it can't be with hundreds of different API access that they have to have. It's They need central repositories where they can build and store and, and move data. And blockchain is perfect for that. But you know, we're still so early. And that's the thing that about, you know, where we sit today is we're still early. You've been doing this for eight, 
eight, nine years. And, you know, I'm sure you thought, you know, hey, mass adoption is, is right around the corner and we still have a lot of work to do to create a, a solid foundation. Um, I, I think that a lot of the, the goodwill that we do is, is unfortunately lost to the meme coins and, um, and some, a lot of the scams that exist in, in this asset class. So I'm, I'm really thankful for the amount of time and energy that you guys are spending um, over there at, at Oru um, to, uh, to, to focus on compliance and, and enterprise level education. Thank you. Um, Ywills, that was uh, Oru uh, with uh, Ariano and, and Jessica. Thank you so much for, for co-hosting with me. Um, excited to kind of check out the platform and, and have you on Deep Dive and Fireside for really an in-depth uh, conversation. Uh, with that, Ywills, uh, take care. We'll talk soon. Ywills was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywales.com. YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by TruthWork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.